Kev, grab me sombrero. We're ready to go. Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan. Packs 30% more power with 175 brake horsepower. Welcome back. 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 Ian Collins wants a word. Hello and season three greetings everybody as we return to the nest smiling, tanned, a tad hungover and still stuck in our Ibiza posing pouches. We might have been away for two whole weeks but we're back with more vigour, spunk and wild enthusiasm than a Russell Brand after show party. Excitement levels are peaking already so let's bang on kids with episode 28 everybody! And we'll be bringing you some of this. The Arthur Bloody Askey Style Guide. An actionable amount of this. He must have felt a chill in his cobblers and thought to himself... And we'd be left weeping like a bally fool if we didn't knock out some of this. Have you and Kev ever kissed another man? And I can't tell you how excited we are about that. We're full of smiles here, partly and partly because uh, the exec producer, Sideshow Kev, also returns contract renewed. Get in there, son. Yeah, even I'm surprised at that one. Yeah, weird, eh? Yeah, I know you tried. You did try your hardest. Spoke to all manner of people. Yeah. Sought legal advice. You don't want to know. We've got some questions, Kev. Yes. Good. New for season three. Questions. Yeah. Feedback. Questions. Comments. Questions. Feedback. Corrections. Cool. Via social media like Facebook, Twitter and all that. Okay. Poop. From Dave in Chester. Dave says, I spent the summer break swimming with sharks off the coast of Oz. Have you two ever attempted this or similar dangerous pastimes? Don't be ridiculous. I would do the sharks. Would you? Yeah, every time. No, I wouldn't swim with the suckers. I'd be in a cage. But some people won't even do the, 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 the cage thing. I, it just seems a bit too... They're not, you're not designed to be in there with things that are trying to eat you. That's my philosophy. You can now go in the Perspex tank of doom, as I think that's the official phrase. Yeah. And the Perspex tank, it's, well, it's Perspex, so it's see-through. So it doesn't feel like you're actually in anything. Right. And they lob you in there, into the drink... And the, the, the great whites come for a mooch and a bit of a sniff up. But I think there have been some uh, some, some mistakes. You know, when the shark goes for the t- the tank. Yeah. Sometimes they bust up with the wires on the tank. Oops. And if the sharks don't get you, the stingrays will. It's just you have to just be so careful with these things. It's not the kind of thing. I mean, I've been in some fairly dangerous situations, mainly with what are you, you. Bear grills. Yeah. If only. But anything that's actually visibly trying to kill you just sounds yeah. like a bad idea. It doesn't sound good. However, I would be more comfortable uh, deep sea, you know, scuba diving than I would parachuting. And yet, uh, statistically, it's the scuba diving that's more dangerous. Is that right? Yeah. Which, if you think about it, it kind of makes a better sense. Well, how about you jump out of a plane with your scuba gear on? That'd be good. And see what happens. With a great white strapped to my chest. Yes. No parachute, just a shark. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Tom says, Whilst watching Alan Partridge on Sky Atlantic, I notice his sidekick is called Sidekick Simon. Is the fictional character Sideshow Kev based on him? That's a very good question, Tom. Now, f*** off. From Lisa. Lisa says, I just listened to all 25 of your previous podcasts while flying to Australia. This had two effects. One was that I was kept fully entertained on a long and laborious flight. The other effect is I laughed so loud on so many occasions that the cabin crew and passengers clearly thought I was some sort of mentalist. 
I'm not sure I'll ever be allowed on a plane again. Can you give me some warning when funny stuff is coming up, please? We're not aware that it ever comes yeah, up. Exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't kind of strange for us to start banging on about that kind of thing. Yeah. Funny stuff alert. Well, on this podcast. Here comes something funny. Get out of here. You sure you were listening to this, Lisa, or not? The best of Scott Mills. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Made you laugh. Well, yes. Dear old Scott. From Wurzel. Where after W, a where after O, put a where after R, and it's away we go. I'm a bit late on this, but I wondered if Ian has a Usain Bolt-style victory pose. I'd imagine it's something like Brucey's legendary muscle man stance. <laughs> yeah, that got very, very annoying very quickly, didn't it? Only because everyone... I mean, it seems like so long ago now, but everyone was doing it, and yeah. it's sort of like, yeah, but you, you must have something. I've seen you out in the pub when you start doing a little bit of that shuffle thing at the bar to get yeah, It's usually just a bit of uh, gentle masturbation, really. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting pose. From Newcastle comes Clem. Yeah. I know you two loons like facts, so here's a beauty. Fact! Did you know the first public demonstration of the light bulb was given by its inventor, Joseph Swan, on the 3rd of Feb, 1879, at a lecture theatre in Newcastle? Therefore, the first public building in the world lit by electric light? In 1881, Mosley Street in Newcastle became the first street in the world to be illuminated by electric light. Why is he telling us this? Excuse can... me, I'm just finishing eating my own face here. I know, Sorry, Claire. Google that. So you're telling me that Newcastle had the first light bulb? Yeah. Why am I struggling with that fact, anyway? I mean, if you think back to 1879. The structure of the country, the, the then importance of a capital city, and you've been working like a pig, and you've come up with something that without touching it, lights up. Yes. Now, this is the biggest thing ever. And you're in your study with a massive quill, an old study lamp and a little milking stool, mm -hmm. and you're preparing the letter to the Queen to explain what you've done. Your Majesty. Your Majesty, I would like to invite you to the opening of my light bulb. <laughs> in Newcastle? Get the horses. We're going to Newcastle. <laughs> Never happened. What a load of cobblers. I know Joseph Swan invented that. I thought it was that other fellow that did the... Edison. Edison? Well, wasn't he a bit suspicious? Wasn't... Well, OK, let me put it another way. He wasn't suspicious, but wasn't there like a whole bunch of inventions being invented about the same time and different people got credit for different things? I think that's true. Yeah. When... when you... Facebook was a similar thing, you know. Facebook was. Did Edison actually, invent that? In the 1800s? <laughs> he did way back then, yeah. way back. But you think about it, f f Facebook was a, originally a military sort of intranet um, right, tool, yeah. and therefore the, the sort of tech was there, and anybody that was into that knew it was there, and they were aware of what it was, and then it was used on college campuses. So it's sort of a matter of time, and I think probably about 500 people invented Facebook. Mm. There was a lawsuit, which I think was, was won successfully. Well, the Social Network, the film, yeah, yeah. was about. All of that, and all then didn't that. actually have an ending. And I think it just had a graphic saying they sued and they got some money, and that was it's complicated. That was it. Yes, exactly. That's what yeah. they said at the end. If you've got any questions you'd like to throw to myself or to Kev, it's Ian at onceaword.com, or of course Kev at onceaword.com. You can do it on Twitter as well, which is at Ian Collins UK, or Kev. <laughs> Come on, or you can do it at Kev no. or at Sideshow underscore Kev. Well done, sir. Get in there. We love this next bit. 
Oh, listen to that. It's back for season three, season everybody. Three. Here it is. It's Random Acts of Irrational Noise. We did consider dropping this feature. We thought maybe yeah. we needed to ch- However, due to mass protestation from our loyal listener base, both of you said, don't. <laughs> Leave it where it is. So we have done. And there it is. It's those little small moments in life that hurt your cranial department. The tiny acts of human behaviour that send you into a zone of sheer frustration. They're tiny. They might be insignificant, but nonetheless, they royally rack you off. They screw up your day. They are random acts of irrational annoyance. Before I get to the ones we get in, we get hundreds now of these every single week. Kev, give us one yourself. How about two? Give us two yourself. How about one? Just give us one yourself. Use of the word congratulations. Congratulations. And let me point out exactly why. I happen to register my phone with my bank the other day because they updated the software, the app thing, I sort of thought, okay, and you have to go through this rigmarole where you send it off and you put in your card details and it goes back and they confirm by text. And the text said, congratulations. Congratulations. You can now use this app to do all your banking. Now, surely congratulations should be the preserve of weddings and babies and all wonderful things. Not, quite frankly, for successfully managing to press some buttons to activate a f***ing banking app. I don't want to be rude about it, no but it just seems me. like you say congratulations. Yeah. Is this meant to make me feel good? Yeah. Just say welcome. You've done it. It works. Thumbs up. Can't you say just put a word saying works? <laughs> yes, That'll exactly. Yeah. Works. Yeah. And the other one's just a small one. Very disappointed to see there's been absolutely no improvement in the ring pool for 20 years. Very disappointing. But there has been a degrading of the, what the can is made of. Because once upon a time, these were things that you know, as kids. If you could tear one in half, you'd be seen as being very true, a, a pretty impressive bit of kit. Uh, now they <laughs> yes. they seem to be made of tin foil. Yes. How, how? When did this happen? I suppose it's to do with the environment and not using solid stainless steel for yes. your drinks cans. Did you ever see? Because um, in Scotland they were quite prevalent, but it, like Tenants Lager used to have pictures of of nubile women on the side to sell the beer. Yes, nubile. It's very strange, really. It's sort of like, uh, and I'm sure Especially on, on tenants. Oh, yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> I'm sure online somewhere there is a there's probably a gallery of, of like Mandy and and uh, Colleen and things like that. But it just seemed like they're real or cartoon. No, they were real. They're actual photos. But that's what's strange about it. Are you supposed to sort of go? Mm, I'm enjoying my beer, and while I'm having my beer, I'm going to look at this woman and maybe crack one off. <laughs> Mine's a word-based one as well. Actually, it's the phrase that I keep getting pinged about, particularly over the last few weeks. It comes back at you on email. Yeah. You send an email, and what comes back? I'm on annual leave. Yes. Annual leave? What are you, a f***ing wing commander? <laughs> annual leave? You're on holiday, you arsehole! Annual leave? I'm on annual leave until August the 29th. <laughs> Cough! <laughs> annual leave? No, you're not. You're on holiday. And nobody says, if you bumped into that same person in the pub that night, say, where you been? They wouldn't go, but you know what, I've been on an annual leave. You'd just deck them if they said that. You are legitimately angry about this, aren't oh, you? Oh, I've kept the last couple of weeks because of the, the summer and everything. Every other person, an email pings back on an annual leave till the 1st of September. Let me swim with the sharks and got eaten. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, here's one from Kim in Orpington. says, Smilers annoy me. Those oddball douchebags who smile for no particular reason, walking down the street or in the supermarket. They can't stop grinning like fools. I wonder if they secretly harbour unsavoury thoughts. I know what you mean, the perpetual smiler. Smilers are one thing. I'll tell Shouldn't you who I'd be loving the smiler? Well, I'll tell you who I do like, because I'm one of them, the waver. And it's, you know that whole thing of, 
I've never quite understood why, if someone's on a boat... If you're on a boat and there's someone on the shore, people have to wave. Like, look at me, I'm on a boat. Yeah. You can't actually get to me, so I'm waving at you. I love to wave at people from things. Cable cars, boats, top of towers. you got to do it. It makes people happy. It, that's what makes the smilers. The smilers start smiling because a waver has waved at them. You think that's what happens? Yes. There is a, the person that walks down the road just with that massive grin, you sort of wonder what's going on. I used to live in Exodia, a fellow was a bit like that. He really? also walked on tiptoes. <laughs> I think he's now in prison. Probably. Adam says, people that act unimpressed when you show them a funny website or a YouTube video and then post it on their own Facebook wall, claiming it's hilarious and taking credit for finding it. The swines. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. You don't need that, do you? Well, those that don't laugh at ga- general gaggery. If you're in, a, situ- if you're in a, si- a crowd situation and somebody tells a joke, I always think there is an onus on you to laugh a little bit. Or at least smile and nod with yeah. appreciation. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Don't, never tumbleweed somebody in a, in a crowded place. No, no. This in from Powdy. You'll like this, Gaff. He says, when people refer to the main character from the show Doctor Who as Doctor Who, his name is the Doctor, not Doctor Who. End off. One on this point, David Tennant, one of the world's best actors, was, and still henceforth, shall be known as the best portrayal of the Doctor. Well, I think that's open to argument and interpretation. And there's a, there is a school of fandom who who believe his name is Doctor Who. And there's a school... No, he's the Doctor, but the Doctor's not his real name anyway. Somebody did once email me and said, Doctor Who, what is it actually about? And I don't think anybody really knows what it's about. They mooches around through time. I don't that's know. it, yeah. Alien, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Right. He's 900-odd years old and, and lives in a time machine. Or travels in one, at the very least. Who's the best monster? I'd say Billy Piper. <laughs> I'd say the hemovore with the ruffly collar in The Curse of Fenric. You're not wrong. Sai says, anyone who has no bus fare ready and then fumbles about in their purse or pocket once on the bus. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a common one. Of course, the supermarket, the same kind of thing happens. Same thing. It's like almost as if you are surprised that somebody's going to ask you for money for your food bill at the end of it. But yeah. Uh, Chris says, Geordie uh, Shaw, Towie, Made in Chelsea, all that kind of tripe. Geordie Shaw is an extraordinary one. That, it's it's a bit of a, it's inspired though, isn't it, by the Jersey Shore thing uh, of in, the, course, yes. in the states, and it's sort of like, um, who can we find who's like them? Let's go to Newcastle. Luckily, everyone was lit up so they could see them. The Jersey Shore thing is uh, th- that's slightly extraordinary. It's one thing, but I suppose there's something about the open air, the beach, and mm. all of that. Presumably, when you apply for, to be on Geordie Shore, everybody's got to have a, a certain type of body. So yeah. the guys have got to look X, and the girls have got to look Y, and if you don't look. Either of those, then you're out. Well, have you, ah, but that being said, have you seen Snooky on Jersey Shore? She doesn't have that body at all. She's like a little sort of troll thing. So Snooky you know, the troll. Snooky the troll. Okay, I, I will check out Snooky. Chris Murray says, uh, British folk who say check when ruining off a list, like they watch too much US TV. Anybody actually do that? I'm sure they do. It's like, do they do that seriously? You do the math. Yeah, but isn't that people sort of taking the pee out of them? No. You think some people really? Yeah. Steve Webster says two things. Uh, supermarket base. Those who leave empty trolleys in the parking space. I bet you do that, Kev, don't you? Yeah, of course I do. Just All the time. There. I couldn't give a f- who's coming round the corner. In fact, you know Just what I do? There. I fact, actu- you leave your child in it. You know what I, I do? You do you know, it's even better than that. I actually, you know, you see people um, pushing around trolleys to get them from A to B, the people yep. work there. I steal one of their jackets and push all of these trolleys around, depositing one trolley in each empty parking space I find. Because I'm that much of a... Well, there's no disagreement at this end. No. And uh, usually the same people, non-disabled in disabled parking, says Steve. Although I do have a sympathy at four o'clock in the morning 
when you turn up at a supermarket and there are 50 disabled bays right near the front door and no one in the entire car park. Are you then legitimately allowed to park in the disabled? I think you probably can. Surely just park nearest to the supermarket. You could, you could park almost in the entrance to the supermarket, couldn't you, at that time of night? <laughs> Smash through the window. Straight in. <laughs> Beth says, people who say should of instead of should have. Just say shoulda. Yeah, that works a treat. Thickos, says Beth. Les in Upminster. Michael Meacher for that ridiculous letter he wrote to the papers about wealth. I uh, loved him in Rent-A-Ghost. Brilliant. He did. Michael Meacher, former Labour frontbencher, still Labour MP. He he did. He wrote a... Um, it was on the back of the Sunday Times Rich List, and it was sort of doing the rounds on social media, that uh, Meacher was essentially working out that the collective wealth of the top three or half dozen people in the country, uh, you could, with the tax they pay on that, if they paid a little more tax, pay off the national debt of the entire globe and still right. have change for a couple of... It was all of that kind of stuff, which is slightly diluted and discredited by the fact that Michael... Nine Houses Meacher isn't really the best person to be dispensing wealth distribution advice. No. He was notoriously outed, I think, by, by Mark Thomas, the comedian, um, on that very basis. Right, there, okay. Of talking about how people shouldn't own more than one house, and it was discovered they actually owned nine of them. Clumsy old... But, but how can you actually stand up in front of people knowing that that kind of information exactly. can get out and think, that's all right, no one will ever know, when you can find out? Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, any of those, send them through to uh, at Ian Collins UK. Ian at onceaword.com. You can, if you like, send them to Kev, but Kev just tends to throw them away. Not true. I replied to some emails, actually. Did you? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I was... Enjoying waiting for someone who Congratulations. was late. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, you bastard. And uh, I, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to some of the emails that have flooded in. Uh, still very excited. Del Strain is here with that Del big Strain! post-summer list. Very excited about that. It's on its way, kids. Do watch out. Hello. With an improved 175 BHP 2.5-litre diesel engine, the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan delivers 30% more power. 400 newton metres of torque also delivers 27% more punch. For more punch, more power and more pickup, contact your local Mitsubishi dealer for more info. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. You see, despite what a lot of people thought, and I, but believe me, I was the one heading the campaign on this one, but nonetheless, the production company sat around. They said, what are we, what, what's in, what's out for season three? You know, you're back. It's going to be the big run-up to the festive season. We've got to make it good and powerful. So I was down at William Hill lobbing cash on the fact <laughs> that the shoebox feature was history. That was gone. Right, yeah. There was no way that was going to be included back in this, this charade this evening. But lo and behold, we get in, look at the running order. It's in. Well, unfortunately, because you are, let's face it, lazy. When I signed my new contract, you failed to sort of see the little bit of uh, scribble down the bottom that I put in that you initialed and it all, all happened. Always do the shoebox. Yeah. By the way, nice thong, Kev, can I just say, at no this problem. juncture. And here it is. It's uh, Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox, our weekly look at the... Our weekly look, although we, we've got a couple of weeks to catch up on. There's a lot of fluff building up under the bed in our shoebox Loads. of showbiz fluff yep. stuff. This week, the online world has meant that any fool can expose the world to their own peculiar brand of twittery. Uh. In blogs, video, yeah. podcast... Eddie Murphy looked to camera. And even by publishing their own work online... As an ebook. Now, ebooks cover a huge range of fiction, non fiction, factual, you name it. And some of these are brilliant. Unfortunately, some of them 
are not. So with that in mind, Ian Collins, yes, it's time to play the fucked up ebook challenge. Andre, give me some fucked up ebook challenge music, please. You literary, scholarly, wonderful, poetic dudes. Very easy, Ian Collins. You'll hear three ebook titles. One of them is an actual ebook. Okay. The other two are made up. Just spot the real one. It's easy, isn't it? Well, that sounds sounds doable, considering the, I think the last one I did before the break. I got a five out of five. I believe I? you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. Five bells. Get in there, Lucy. So, number one, which is an actual ebook? A. Estonian sock patterns all around the world. B. An illustrated guide to Belgium's finest arses. Or C. Wrinkly women wooing in Worthing. How to date a Sussex pensioner. <laughs> well, th- the latter sounds like if it hasn't been written, it should be written. Maybe you could write it. I think I might give if, that... In, if indeed that's the case. I will give that a whack right after the show. But I, my, my money is on the fact that the first one, the Estonian knitting thing, is probably good. Because, I mean, if you think of Estonia and where it's been historically up until quite recently, I think knitting would have been quite a, a, a pastime. Knitting socks? Yeah, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, your Estonian loves a sock. <laughs> How true. Yes, so I'm going for A is the real book. Ian Collins scores one fucked up ebook point. It's a good one. Well done. Congratulations. Congratulations. Lovely. Number two, spot the actual ebook. A. Sofa, so good. Stuff found down the back of the sofa in 15 years of sofa sitting. B. How to knit Noel Edmonds. Or C, Mr. Ando's Pennine Diary, memoirs of a Japanese chicken sexer in 1935 Hebden Bridge. I'm saying that A is the real one. So far, so good. Yes. Oh, it's the wrong answer. Oh, stop the it. actual answer the is Mr. Sexer. Ando's Chicken Sexer book. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon if you're really interested. Who wrote that? Mr. Ando. But who decided one day, who came in from work and said, I've been... Oggling the minges <laughs> of chickens for years. I think it's about to put pen to paper. <laughs> Let's get him on as a guest. I think we should. Number three, which is an actual ebook? A. World travels with my penis. B. Shoe exotica and poems. Or C. The Arthur Bloody Ascii style guide. <laughs> B is real. Shoe exotica and poems. Yes. Another point for you. Although, I have a feeling if the Arthur Bloody Askey style guide did exist, you wouldn't need it because you you pretty much emulate it. Oh, every step of the way. Number four, actual ebook. Which one? A, action karate quilts. B, lol in Latin. Learn to text the Roman way. Or C, the erotic hedge cutter. The art of tantalizing tit topery. I'm going A. Action karate quilts. Yeah. Correct answer. Yeah, love ninja-based night stuff. Finally, number five. A. Oh, your f***ing box, you c**k. <laughs> A modern journal of creative swearing. B. The artisan's guide to Bernard Cribbins. Or C. Birth control is sinful in the Christian marriages and also robbing God of priesthood children. Which is the actual I Only because I want it to be true, uh, and that's C. C, birth control is sinful in the Christian marriages and also robbing God of priests or children. Yeah. It is the correct answer. Wowza. <laughs> Wowza? 
should really stop having vodka during the, the shoebox. I suppose it's the other way you get through it. <laughs> Indeed. That's the Showbiz Shoebox for this week. If you have what you want to send me for the Showbiz Shoebox, you can via email, kev at com or via Twitter, at sideshow underscore kev. Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. And I've got to say, everybody, while we were away, we thought standards might go up. Maybe, you know, after that gorgeous, stonking summer we just had, that you mm-hmm. might think, yeah, now's the time to get creative on voicemail roulette. It's been shocking. You... It's been shocking. It's been an utter yeah. disappointment to my head. 07789 That is a line that you can rant on, you can... Rave on. Rave on. You can be comedic. You can make profound points. It is the hotline of profundity. <laughs> Uh, it's whatever you want it to be. And it's now 24 hours a day. So we're now even taking any old slosh head that decides to leave a message. It's easy money because we, we're giving away up to 55 quid. It's up now to gone, 55 pounds! It's gone down to £49.70. Down to 40 Oh, Yeah. 07789 Kev, let's have the first message. I'm throwing my twisted brown beak spong thing at it now! Hello, Ian. Nick from Manchester here. Just wondering, what um, what are the chances of you reuniting the cast of LOLO for the podcast? Um, make it happen, mate. Cheers. Uh, let me know. Bye. <laughs> well, Nick, I, I like that idea of, <laughs> of getting the cast of LOLO onto the podcast. The ones that are still alive. Who's... What What was that? Gordon Kay? He's still around. He's still around. Vicky Michelle? Yeah. He's still around. Yeah. A policeman. Good morning. Yeah, him. Yeah. He's still around. Yeah. Uh, Sam Kelly, I think, still around. Sam Kelly's still yeah. around. But then he left, didn't he? He he was in it and then he, he did like two seasons and then thought, oh, I've had enough and then went somewhere <laughs> else. So they got the Italian uh, chap in. Uh, yeah, can we work on this? Can we get the cast of Hello Hello? Yeah. Or is there another cast we'd like to reassemble? Last of the Summer Wine? It's Peter Salas a call. I think that's all it needs these days. It ain't half up, man. What do you think you're doing, lovely boys? Put on the buses. And they're all. Pretty wrinkled up and <laughs> dead. Dead, aren't they now? Yeah, I'd yeah. imagine. I think mostly, yeah, yeah. sadly. Uh, here's another. <laughs> I love, thank you for that. I love it. I love the idea that we, we will do it. something. We yes. will do something with reuniting ACAST in a studio with us. Could be awful. Uh, here comes the her, next one. Her, her comes. Like, hello, hello. Her. That's, that's rubbish. Yeah. Hi, Ian. It's Tamara in York. Uh, just wanted to know have you and Ted ever kissed another man? That's all. Bye. Uh, well, Tamara, uh, what are you, a fantasist? What's up with you, woman? I think what she's getting at is that is there a Fifty Shades number just waiting to get out of this podcast somewhere? I, not with in me. In a sort of homoerotic uh, fashion. I, uh, that's, that's fine, but I don't, I don't think Kevin and I are going to be the, the, the prime contenders. No, no. You and Andre, however. Well, now you're talking. Yeah. Andre, show us your... Uh, blimey. Well... Yeah, hey, you podcast thing. I just want you to know, yeah, I don't need your podcast. I just got off the phone with Los Angeles, Hollywood again. Yeah, and they like my TV idea. Yes, what do you think of that, huh? Yeah, I'm going to do a, a culinary version of The Princess. It's called Sack My Cook. Yeah, what do you think of that, eh? That's what you guys could do. You could sack my cook, eh? See? Didn't think of that, did you? Podcast thing. Uh, well, Sack My Cook will be a hit, I'm sure. It was that. I thought he was dead. The last episode, I think, I thought he clearly committed some kind of grisly act upon his own being. Magically reappeared in the yeah. shower. Well, I'll, I'll await the box set and then, <laughs> <laughs> then give you my views. Uh, voicemail roulette is 07789 18 32 62 uh, 24 hours 
However, we can offset this car crash by bringing something that's far more entertaining. It's going to make you laugh, this. I can't believe he's back with us. Ian Collins wants a word. Couldn't keep him away, everybody. Del Strange! Del Strange! How happy does that make us? Thank you. How are you, Del? Yeah, not bad, not Good bad. Good man. Been nice better, suntan. Been yeah, yeah, I got a bit of a suntan. I'm sort of about three weeks in Tenerife yeah. if you're German, but I'm not the full six weeks mahogany yet. But you're getting there. We invited Del back for the opening of this season. We're calling it Del Strange Season 3 Post-Summer List of First. Because we love Del's list. Oh, yeah. There's been some beauties. You're uh, too the, keen. These are much sought after now, Dale. I think we might release these as a CD in themselves. Oh, nice. Can I dress up as Don McLean on the cover? <laughs> you do what you like. <laughs> uh, right, so, so the list of first. These are things that people did first. I mean, obviously, they're, they're pretty right. self-explanatory. So where, yeah. where are we starting, Dale? Let's, let's go for this. Yeah, it's a sort of hard angle to go at to, to, to make it non-repetitive. But the first one, I thought, I'd start with a very good one. The first man to actually get pissed. The first person to actually get pie-eyed and realise... A, what it was, <laughs> B, was drunk, and C, he's not just pissed, he's become the first person to manufacture it as well. <laughs> you know, and it actually says that, well, no one knows <laughs> when alcohol was first used. It was a result of a fortuitous accident tens of thousands of years ago. Fortuitous accident! Yeah, and it's um, <laughs> been causing since then plenty of unfortuitous accidents Correct. as well, yeah. you know. But not just alcohol, there's plenty of um, history on civilizations, the Mayans, the Celts, Arabic, Apaches, um, who use peyote, LSD mushrooms, uh, myrrh, cannabis and nutmeg, which actually sounds like a Rolling Stones rider circa 69. <laughs> now, I'm with the dies, man. I love the nutmeg. Nutmeg? Nutmeg, you can actually overdose on nutmeg. Is that right? Yeah, I've seen it on Cadfile. <laughs> Cadfile. You would never get that show out these days with that word and with you. Let's have it right what it rhymes with. <laughs> and that haircut, he's no chance. Bit of a cat fart, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, let's have number two, Dale. Yeah, actually, imagine being, you know, driving woods. We all drive and it's getting impossible to do it in this country and just getting harder. But imagine being the very first guy to drive a car in the British Isles. I mean, even that you had to have the guy with the flag in yeah. front of you. You know what I mean? Didn't um, somebody have a flag? Didn't somebody have to walk with a flag? They had in to front walk the with the flag in front of you. The and, first person to drive a car. And really, you would never ever see a gentleman cranking his handle in public. Yeah! <laughs> that would have been the first time that ever happened. I would you know? imagine so. His arm out the window, honking at the fillies. What? Stroking his tash like Dr. Watson on crack. <laughs> Elementary, my dear Crumpet. <laughs> but the first driving licence was 1903, the first test was the 1st of June 1935, it was suspended from 39 to 45, Yeah, I heard about because of the Germans, um, and there was no licences unless you were driving a Spitfire, <laughs> and in 1935 there was 1.4 million cars and now there's 38 million, so you better come on board with them little flying machines rapido. But to go from, a, what, a million to 35 million in 70 years, mm-hmm. I mean, that... that that's an extraordinary... It's phenomenal. Extra, by anybody's standards, but honestly, the usual like, rates of acceleration of invention on against ratio of time, 
per how, person of capita. In the future, it's just an impossibility. Consider most of these roads haven't been fixed since 1935. Um, it's, it's just can't yeah. go on. They need to invent flying machines. So hurry up, Mr. Microsoft. Yeah. I think that, that first bloke still drives in front of me in Bromley. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a regular basis. Yeah, hogging the disabled way in House of Fraser's. Oh, the elderly person in small car club, Bromley branch. Um, <laughs> I tell you, on the way to the glades of a Sunday morning, you don't want to be behind this sucker. Del, let's give us first number three. Yeah, I actually thought the first man to ever look at porn which would actually be the first person, again, to actually also manufacture porn, because yeah. it would go back to Neolithic man's cave paintings. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose so, yeah. He would have been the first man to, to notice the difference between the man and the woman, yeah. the obvious things like that. But um, no matter how he draw his wife, I imagine she wouldn't have um, been very happy. Why did you draw me so thin, being <laughs> the complaint, <laughs> how the world has changed? Indeed. And I suppose, you know, the, the collection of, uh, you know, how big was your collection back then? <laughs> immense if you look at them cave drawings all along well, France depends on the size of your entrance <laughs> maybe that's it? what they are yeah the entrance but maybe that's what those actual cave paintings are it's took them 2,000 years with all these so-called experts with BAs and all that to work out yeah. it's porn man it's just porn it's Neolithic is, porn yeah. uh, Del number four yeah the first human being to actually swim and the swimming scares the granny out of me when I was five, my brother kicked me in the local baths. That's not a swimming bath for anyone English. That's what we call the swimming pool. I thought you were talking about your bollocks. <laughs> no, no. Not this time. Not again. Right in the bath. And then, um, yeah, and I just sort of floated. But then about a year after that, me and my friends went with nose plugs and goggles. And I was swimming underwater like the man from Atlantis. And I tried to stand up and there had been a, like where it goes down in the steep from the six oh, to nine yeah, feet. Yeah, we've all had And that. I drowned. And they had to pump the water out of me. And my very, very short life flashed before my eyes. And that I, I, I honestly did happen to me when I was a child. And, wow. and since then, I don't like water. Yeah. Boarding, cannons of any kind. <laughs> Got a phobia against them. But it wouldn't have stopped me being a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> and I still sailed the seven seas. It's a funny bit of kit, the old water, isn't it? The old pull. Because I, well, I think we all had that as a kid, the moment that you realise that actually it goes from shallow to deep. I think now there's probably a health and safety rule where they graduate it. But I think back then it just went from two foot deep to 15 foot deep. It went crazy, No yeah. wonder half the kids shut themselves in those pools. <laughs> no, but our, our pool in our hometown was actually very, very special because it had a wave machine in it. So the waves would come it's on at the end of the session. Because yeah. it was, no, the manufacturing company, Neptune Glenfield, made it. And then when that wave machine come on, if you'd got caught in that water, I mean, it used to batter you about. You could have surfed on it. I mean, they would never have had it these days. You had four-year-olds flying into the gallery. (laughs) This is Del Strain with us, everybody. It's Del Strain's season three, post-summer list of firsts. And we get on to number five, Del. A great Scotsman, uh, Dr. David Livingston. You imagine being him as he he, he pondered through that hot African temperate with with all the animals and the noises and the smell... And then he hears it before he sees it, and he comes out and he sees that beautiful Victoria Falls just standing there. But um, I thought to myself, being that he was the first person um, from our side of the world to see that, the first thing he probably did, hitting 40, was probably have a wee. (laughs) 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 Because that's a certainty. As soon as you hear that water dripping, that's it. You're off to the toilet. Good work. Number six still. We thought about the first man to actually jump out of a plane. We think about jumping out of a plane with a parachute or any, a balloon, 
I am one of them German crazy things for some reason that they made Hindenburgs, anything, you know, and just actually that flying down, being human. And um, the the, so the first person to jump out of a plane. Yeah. Or, sort of, or a high, or air balloon, or, or distance. What, yeah. And, and, whatever either, history dictates. Either for survival purposes or recreational purposes. Recreational, but, but certainly yeah. done because they designed a bit of kit to. That's that. Yeah, who's the first person to use a parachute? What the, kind of arse said, I'll, I'll try it? Well, credit, actually, for the first natural shoot goes to a guy called Sebastian Lenormand in 1783. However, Leonardo da Vinci obviously had sketched between 1452 and 1519 a parachute-shaped thing with a man on it. But Jean-Pierre Blanchard in 1785 actually put a dog in a basket from a hot air balloon and made the first recorded parachute. You know, it wasn't human, it was a dog. He loved a dog in a basket. He did. <laughs> what a bastard. He was French, come on. <laughs> yeah, you know how the RSPCA... Le petit on the basket. <laughs> yeah, no RSPCA in French. Get out of the basket. Uh, let's have number seven, Del. Yeah, number seven. Intentionally to stand up and make people laugh. The first stand-up comedian. Yeah. That got me thinking, who would have been the first, first person to stand up and make people laugh? And of course, jesters. They were, were all part of the courts for all over Europe, etc. Even back then, did anybody find that kind of bell-based <laughs> funny? I don't think so. I Was it ever really funny? No. Uh, same thing with the bells on his head. I'm pretty sure... Again. I, I'm pretty sure Longshanks and that went through jesters like yeah, they yeah, did yeah. cod pieces. Sure. I think half the fun was them not being funny I and torturing them. Mind you, I'm pretty sure if you gave them a show on BBC One and called it some sort of comedy roadshow, it'd go great guns. Every step of the way, I'd commission it. That's it. In fact, that takes me to who I, I perceive as the very first stand-up comedian ever, John the Baptist. His Edinburgh show, 30 AD, it was awesome. The people were laughing their heads off, which, funnily enough, is what happened to John. And Jongler's Judea has never been the same. Our stand-ups complain about dying for our art, but he, there's a man that truly did do it. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Baptist. Uh, Here is number eight. It got me thinking about, I was thinking about obviously the first people to go to space and all that. It's an immense thing. I actually think they'll start raving mental. I would not take any risks of any any kind, especially going to space. I think anyone who's an astronaut hasn't the intellect to the scientist to understand what actually happens to you up there. (laughs) If your space (laughs) goes cuckoo. And then actually that got me thinking, who's the first person to actually go to the toilet in space? Yeah. Was that another bloody dog? No, actually, it was. Um, Yuri Gagarin was the first human to actually do it. He lived from 56 to 1983. And then, um, it, it obviously, was different technology in them days. There wasn't pay-as-you-go system. Yeah. And then um, the, the, all the containers that they have now, so you did have to catch it in the jar. But the actual first, I suppose, primate to use a toilet in space was a chimp called Ham. And knowing how much chimps love to throw feces around. <laughs> they what do. fun that chimp must have had in zero gravity. He'd have been as happy as a pig in, or, in fact, he'd have been as happy as a chimp doing the toilet in space. That makes perfect sense. And, of course, the chimp never returned, though, did he? No, Ham did. Ham lived longer than Yuri. Stop it. He did. The chimp came back. Well, well, hang on, though. Hang on, though. As, as we know from doing this podcast, the whole Yuri Gagarin, first man in space thing, may well be bass anyway. That's very God true. knows how many monkeys they sent up there. Yeah, we've done a couple of space specials, oh, yeah. Dale. I wouldn't be surprised if they never got there at all. They were just so paranoid about doing it before the Ruskies. Uh, here is number nine. Yeah, the first man to wear trousers. I mean, trousers were a big deal when I grew up. I remember when I was young, the saying, you're not long out of short trousers. 
came from in the 50s, the 60s, early 70s, sure. until you were actually deemed a man 15 or 16, you weren't allowed to wear long trousers. Blimey. And, you know, and um, I, I imagine it must have been, again, our Neolithic friends, you know. He must have felt a chill in his cobblers and thought to himself, fur, that's what I need, and proceeded to tie a couple of rabbits to his legs. <laughs> Very Julian MacDonald. Then realised he couldn't actually wear live ones as he started to stink after a week. That's how I imagine it happened. And then, of course, you had Missy's Neolithic as well, the first wife ever to say, does my bum look big in this? That's what happened. That's what happened. So you would be wearing shorts at 15 with your little pair of white pipe I was wearing Bondi's trousers from I was about 11, but I used to throw them out the window so that I weren't allowed to dress as a punk, so I used to throw my gear out the window. Is that right? What, as in protest? No, just on the sly. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, so, so I get, get changed. You get changed outside. On, yeah, on the oh, way to I school. See, gotcha, yeah. And here, everybody, is Del Strange, number 10. Number oh, 10! Oh, Thank you. Love this. Number 10, oh, the irony. The first human to ever chew the cocoa leaf. Probably Cortez. That explains the way you're all basically being all paranoid and tyrannical. You know, in a civilization gone since time, you add some Europeans and they take people who had been making cocoa leaves into chocolate and turn it into cocaine, which only Western civilization could do and go and just spoil that. So the first person to actually realise how many uses you could use for the cocoa bean. That everybody is Del Strain. Del Come on, with the big list of first. If you Google Del Strain, find out where Del is appearing over the next few weeks up and down the land at various comedy stores. And we thank Del once again. Cheers, Del. Pleasure. Credit stream. And that is that. Party over, kids. You've all got homes to go to. A polite reminder that all previous episodes, that's now an impressive 27, are still available for free to download. And while you're on iTunes, make sure you lob us a nice five-star review. Thanks to you for downloading. Thank you to all of our guests. All can be found on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompitech.com. The show's technical operator, Andre Porch. Programme edited by Sarah Nugent Co. Our researcher was Barney Rubble. And today Today's chunky fact comes courtesy of Kelly in York, who tells me that in 1978, a man from Utah was jailed on the grounds of insanity after he ate both of his own arms. Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. Join us next week for an episode already being billed as the Big Conspiracy Special. Goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. (laughs) Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan. More pulling power than your designer boxer shorts. Splink!